1: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/work. shopify.com/work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. Our thanks go out to our patron David Gregory, who won this month's Patreon drawing to appear in one of our episodes. Keep an ear out for the character ketenya named in honor of David's late beloved cat, Bitey ketenya To learn more about how you can appear in one of our episodes, visit us at patreon.com forward slash maltopia.
0: He stood in the shadow at the end of the walkway, his gaze palpable. The humming that first drew her attention vanished immediately, not a single echo remaining, and all the night singers of the wood had fallen silent, as if from the approach of a predator. This was the man she had come to see. Why, hello there! His voice was a breeze in the night, gentle and pleasant. And while it wasn't currently tuned to the art of song, it maintained a melodic quality nonetheless.
1: Hello, that's some impressive humming you were doing. I thought the machine only handed out weapons. Or does the song come with a cost?
0: She couldn't believe she'd just waltzed out into the dark like that. No preparation, no thought of a cover story. It wasn't her custom to throw caution to the wind. Yet something made her comfortable with the move. Music can be as cheap as a nod in a plunk of a coin, or as costly as the surrendering of the soul, for better or worse. My name is Keith Noonday, fine lady, and I'm pleased you found my music to your liking. He stepped into the dapple of moonlight as he gave his name, becoming not unlike a wispy ghost afloat in so much night. He was tall and gaunt, his features sharp and tapering, He wore his blonde hair long, its hustled locks contrasting the neatness of his attire, which seemed assembled to the tune of style as much as fit. He even sported gloves, grey things that fit so perfectly he might have been born wearing them.
1: I'm Madeline, Madeline Fisk, and I'm afraid I don't have anything particularly pithy to add. But then again, I'm new here. Maybe living in this hermit's paradise a while will enhance my poetry chops, who knows?
0: She was forming her cover story on the fly, though the liberties she was taking, the risks, were vast. How did she know the sapien wasn't acquainted with the former resident, or that there wasn't some kind of public protocol for new entrants, if new entrants were at all common? Yet, she just kept talking, with nary a backward glance at strategy or the absence of forethought.
1: I'm assuming the city is pretty full up, given this was all they had for me.
0: Antonia commented gesturing to the ruined house. Why, I think it's rather quaint, poetical even, speaking of such things, a darksome derelict leaning slyly into the forest's shadow, its lone tenant a sleepless nightbird. I mean that last part as a compliment, of course. Night wanderers are invariably more interesting than the sunlit variety, and have unquestionably better taste in music. Oh, so I'm told. He stepped closer, proffering a Cheshire cat's grin, wide and full of perfect teeth. But it was his eyes that pulled at her, glittering like frozen pools of moonlight.
1: I like to read at night. I find my imagination works a little better that way. Not as much visible reality to get in the way.
0: She recalled the piles of books filling the corners of the house, though she had no idea what any of them were about. The same could be said of singing. A good song in the dark is worth a symphony under the sun. Now, a symphony under the moon, well, that's just more than most can bear. He tilted his head as he drew even closer, perhaps getting his first good look at her. He was proving more unearthly by the second. His mannerisms a poor fit for the late hour, or perhaps too good a fit. But this wasn't to say she was unprepared for a poor reception by the man. She was, after all, an sapien, and he a mal-sapien. A bad combination, historically. Her liquescent shadow maneuvered closer to the night walker, just to be on the safe side.
1: What was I expecting?
0: She chided herself.
1: To walk right up to him and demand he sing for me?
0: Are you alone here? Oh like myself, been given over to a merry band of mischief-makers. She hadn't realized it was her turn to talk, lost a bit to her analysis, but he was ready with a question she should have been unready to answer, and yet her reply was instantaneous.
1: All alone for now, it seems, but I prefer it that way to be honest.
0: Solitude is a magnifying glass placed over the soul, which is of course perfectly fine, Should the soul be pleasant enough? She was certain to be older than the man, yet she couldn't help but feel she was conversing with a spirit from antiquity, her ghost analogy continuing to do its work.
1: So, are you a musician who moonlights as a librarian, or do I have it reversed?
0: He was beginning to make her uncomfortable.
1: Could he know what I am?
0: She wondered. Her uneasiness was less a product of fear, and more the realization that she might be called upon to kill the man before she could coax music from him. He laughed pleasantly before replying, I'm afraid my mother thought our private library an adequate substitute for a surly sitter. But what better restraint for a child than a prison born of books, yes? At last, a touch of solidity to the once weightless creature, a past. And so the ghost hovered a bit closer to the ground.
1: I see. So he was privileged to boot
0: she said, laughing a bit. "'Was privileged, yes,' he emphasized, his eyes diverting from her own, if only for a moment. Here was the end of the ghost and the beginning of the man. A bit of genuine sadness, weakness. She couldn't help but interpret it that way, predator that she was.
1: "'Yes, I suppose we're all neighbors in that regard, aren't we?'
0: She briefly commiserated, not wanting to explore his confession any further than was required, but still very curious about where it might lead. That we are. Like so many ruined peas in a rotting pod. But that's not to say it's all blue Mondays. Sometimes you walk a rambling path through the dark, determined to unburden yourself a bit, and happen upon a mysterious and intriguing stranger.
1: Intriguing, am I? Well, from this side of the shadows, I can't say I dislike how the evening turned out. You have an interesting quality, Mr. Noonday. I imagine it serves you pretty well coming out of the night and speaking in cursive like you were cribbing lines from a book of poetry. All while dressed like a proper new Victorian, no less. But I don't have to tell you how to come off. I'm sure you already know, having been told as much from all the other intriguing persons you come across.
0: She needed to back him off, though she really wasn't certain why. There was something about him, or the evening, or the confluence of the two that was progressing things a bit too quickly, making her take too many risks despite the strange confidence she had in her actions. You'd be surprised how rarely such a thing happens. At any rate, I've already taken up too much of your time for one moonlit evening, so I think I'll be about my way. He paused at the end, perhaps wondering if she'd stop him from moving on.
1: I won't keep you, but if you find yourself out this way again, please stop by. Books are wonderful company and all, but occasionally characters of the living variety can be just as entertaining.
0: She congratulated herself. It was a fine seed she'd planted. As he melted back into the night with a gnaw that bordered on a bough, she couldn't help but wonder about the music he might make trapped within her killing pool. Sounds traveled so much better underwater. It was highly likely there was no such thing as free will. This fact, or probable fact, lay no heavier upon most minds than the stir of shadows at dusk, as most minds gave extraordinarily little thought to the notion, and have no want to. But if this idea held that no self-propelled people existed, then there should persist nothing about a person's belief in their own autonomy than illusion. And it should follow, given that most persons have no want to explore this notion, that such an illusion is generally sufficient at substituting for free will, for the most part. Apart from hoary-headed thinkers who pressed their minds to the task of exploring this condition of illusory will, there were those who more directly experience it, those whose part in the grand illusion was small and ever-dwindling. Mars was such a person. Granted, One might be tempted to compare his intimacy with the truth beneath illusion, his need for violence, with the more garden-variety signposts, such as eating or drinking, and how their demands might be taken as symptoms for a lack of freedom. However, one would be correct in doing so, as those requirements merely enabled living, not necessarily existing. Living related to the biological act of enabling the potential to exist, while existence was that part of the South that drew upon that potential, if only to actualize an illusory freedom. Mars needed to fight to exist, for his senses to seek out the world and for his mind to consider it, to find some meaning in the chaos. Violence explicitly framed who and what he was, determining his course, exposing his powerlessness to exist in any other way. This fact came into even crisper focus when he had satisfied his need for bloodshed. The eye of the storm which was only harbinger to more storm to come. A peace that was only war in disguise. This was Mars's existence. To realize, over and over again, the futility of his want to exist apart from war. The illusion of being free. And so, when he entered the bone spur, stepping beyond its blood-and-beer-haunted threshold. It was only as a puppet of carnage, and not at all a conquering god of war. The Warbringer stepped into the fragile light of the dimly lit tavern, the smell of unwashed bodies and alcohol wafting thickly through the air. Lynn took off her jacket and hung it on a nearby hook before drawing alongside her companion. The room was empty save for a tall, portly man behind the bar. He frowned while he collected mugs brimming with ale onto a wide tray, no doubt fetching drinks for the rowdy mob gathered in the back room, playing pool from the sound of things. His heavily jowled face eventually nodded at the two. I'll uh, get howdy for you. Mars only nodded in return, maintaining his own scowl throughout. While the room was empty, the Warbringer reached behind the bar and filled two tall mugs with whatever beer was on tap. Here you go. One filthy beer, compliments of the house. Mars quipped while raising his glass. Lynn smiled over top the head of her drink. Well, that was adequately filthy, I'll have to admit. Lynn said after draining her glass in one go.
1: How about another round for me and my friend here?
0: She slammed her mug down on the bar. Whatever the lady says, Mars chuckled, reaching back to refill their mugs. I'm uh, glad you's two uh, are enjoying all my suds came a gruff voice from the hallway. The two passengers casually turned around to face the irritated man, still pulling from their glasses. This is uh, Howdy Lynn. He owns the place.
1: Pleased to meet you, Mr. Howdy. Wonderful place you
0: have here. The Stealer said, half smirking. Yeah, yeah, great to meet you and all that. But uh, let's get down to business, all right? The man's face was beaded with sweat. The gang out back made him nervous, more than likely. That's why I'm here." Mars put down his empty mug and followed the owner to a corner table. Lynn stayed at the bar, likely dancing between the senses in the back room. All right, Mr. Katenya's here in the back room with his people. He wants to get a look at you before uh, he puts down any coin. So things might get a little hands-on, if you take my meaning. Mars was excited by the prospect of another fight. He wasn't sure he'd be tested but he was hoping. I got no problems with that, replied the warbringer, a small smile beginning to form. Yes, good, good. Now, uh, about the money. I told you I don't care about the money. I just want the fight. Got it? Mars interrupted. The bar owner laughed till he coughed. (laughs) Uh, By Jove, I think I'm going to love waking with you. Howdy leaned back in his chair and took a long look at Mars as if searching for something. All right then, Mr. Mars, let's go meet the big man. Lynn pulled up next to the men as they passed her on their way into the back room, nodding at Mars as their eyes met. The room was filled with bikers, all of them burly and well-scarred, capable men of the road. Biker gangs, especially those that would haunt the back roads of the post-Noctum world were a stronger breed than their pre-Noctum counterparts. They had to be. The surly mob eyed Mars with cold hostility, a pack of wolves waiting for the go-ahead. But the Warbringer shrugged off their stares with palpable indifference, pinning his own gaze to the man at the back of the room, the one he took for the boss. He sat with his back to the crowd, his shoulders slumped. Howdy cleared his throat and the leader turned around revealing himself for a nondescript middle-aged man. His only distinguishing feature was his long canvas duster. This is uh, Mars, the guy I told you about, Mr. Catania, Howdy said, gesturing to the Warbringer. Maz, Mars? Now that there's a name. The Roman god of war, no less. Although, I gotta say, you don't look like a god of war. Some of the bikers snickered at the remark prompting a few of them to mockingly repeat his name before renewing their laughter. Look, I ain't got the time or the patience to fuck around with this dick swagger bullshit. You want me to beat down the peanut gallery over there? Is that what you brought them along for? Or you got something else in mind? The man seemed stunned by the passenger's acidic remark, and the bikers were all on their feet, waiting. Yeah, well... Yes, uh, Mr. Grant tells me you're not at all interested in money, but all you want is the fight. Mind if I ask you why? Mars looked exasperated by the question, shaking his head at Lynn, who in turn shrugged her shoulders. Why do you give a fuck? Can we just get to the part where you throw some dipshit at me so I can prove I can make you money? It was Mr. Catania's turn to look exasperated. As it so happens, I'm not much interested in the money either. Not at least uh, this time. To be blunt, I want you to kill a man. A man who murdered someone very dear to me. And if you're looking for a fight, this person is surrounded by some of the most lethal bodyguards I know of, which is why I need someone of your purported skill. Was I succinct enough for you? Mars, great god of war? Mars thought for a moment, the gears of his inner machine turning. He preferred killing when it was sanctioned from on high, or in the heat of combat. All viable excuses. But this was different. It required him to assume responsibility for his own actions. He could feel Lynn pulling at his senses to see what he was feeling. Yeah, you were. And I'll take the job, the Warbringer said calmly, stepping fully into darkness the last of the illusion falling. Good, good. Now, kindly, how did you say, beat down the peanut gallery there behind you so I can be sure you're the right man for the job. Mars cracked his knuckles and turned around to face the bikers, the warring spirit waiting impatiently.
1: Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ